So every year, the, um, the seminarians studying for the Archdiocese of Portland, those that, that are in Rome, there's usually about five guys at a time that are studying there. And every year, we go on a pilgrimage, on a religious pilgrimage together as, as a group of diocesan brothers. And um, one year, it's usually in February, right after we have our finals, which already sounds weird because it's be like, why would you take your finals in February? That's because Italy does things just crazy, in my opinion. And so, um, so after finals, we, um, we go on this break because we have kind of a changing over of the semesters. And one of the years that I was there, uh, I was privileged to go to, to ours to go see St. John Vianney with uh, Father Tim Furlow and a couple, couple of our other brethren. And it was a great, it was a great trip. It was kind of cold and windy, <laughs> you know, and during that time of the year, as it usually is, no matter where we go. But it was amazing to go there. And they, they have a tradition that if you're in your first year of ordination, which Father, Father Tim was, um, that you could actually use St. John Vianney's chalice for, uh, for the Mass. And so, so it's kind of an amazing privilege to go there. And he, and he is the patron of priests. And, and he didn't do so by anything, um, any crazy things. <laughs> he was just a very, you know, the amazing thing about St. John, John Vianney is he was just kind of a good priest, a simple priest, a holy priest. He didn't really do anything complicated. He didn't have all kinds of, um, you know, oh gosh, uh, programs or, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't considered to be super smart. He didn't have a lot of complication to his life. Everything about his priesthood was extremely fundamental. Um, he listened to a lot of confessions. We know that he's super, super famous for that, sometimes 16 hours a day in the confessional. But rather, rather than hear from me specifically on St. John Vianney, some of you I know pray the Liturgy of the Hours, and this morning for uh, the Liturgy of the Hours, is um, something that St. Johnny wrote, or St. Johnny, St. John Vianney wrote. Um, from, it's called The Catechetical Instructions by St. John Mary Vianney, a priest, and so I'd like to read that to you this morning. My little children, reflect on these words. The Christian's treasure is not on earth, but in heaven. Our thoughts, then, ought to be directed to where our treasure is. This is the glorious duty of man, to pray and to love. If you pray and love, that is where a man's happiness lies. Prayer is nothing else but union with God. When one has a heart that is pure and united with God, he is given a kind of serenity and sweetness that makes him ecstatic, a light that surrounds him with marvelous brightness. In this intimate union, God and the soul are fused together like two bits of wax that no one can ever pull apart. This union of God with the tiny creature is a lovely thing. It is a happiness beyond understanding. We had become worthy, unworthy to pray, but God in his goodness allowed us to speak with him. Our prayer is incense that gives him the greatest pleasure. My little children, your hearts are small, but prayer stretches them and makes them capable of loving God. Through prayer, we receive a foretaste of heaven and something of paradise comes down upon us. Prayer never leaves us without sweetness. It is honey that flows into the soul and makes all things sweet. When we pray properly, sorrow disappears like snow before the sun. Prayer also makes time pass very quickly and with such great delight that one does not notice its length. Listen, 
Once when I was a purveyor in Bresse, and most of my companions were ill, I had to make a long journey. I prayed to, I prayed to the good God, and believe me, the time did not seem so long. Some men immerse themselves as deeply in prayer as fish in water because they give themselves totally to God. There is no division in their hearts. Oh, how I love these noble souls. St. Francis of Assisi and St. Colette used to, see of our Lord, used to see our Lord and talk to him just as we talk to one another. How unlike them we are. How often we come to church with no idea of what to do or what to ask for. And yet, whenever we go to any human being, we know well enough why we go. And still worse, there are some who seem to speak to the good God like this. I will only say a couple of things to you, and then I will be rid of you. I often think that when we come to adore the Lord, we would receive everything we ask for if we would ask with living faith and with a pure heart. St. John Vianney, like I said, he spoke in pretty plain terms. And he was a holy man himself, so the things that he spoke of, they just ring of a lot of truth. And the last thing I'll say is he mentions that prayer and that, and that length of time, how sometimes when you really are deep in prayer, how time almost ceases to exist. Um, I've mentioned a couple of times how I climbed St. Uh, Mount Adams with my friend Drew the other day. And he told me a story on the way down and he'd climbed the mountain two years ago with another friend. And uh, at one point in the mountain, when there was still a very long time left to go, probably six, seven hours still left to walk down, this friend kind of threw himself down on the snow and said, how long is this? How long? I can't do this anymore. And he kind of like broke down a little bit. And my friend Drew, and his, his advice to, to our mutual friend that day is the advice I would give all of us if we're steeped in sin or difficulty. He's like, you can either lay here on the snow and die, or you can get up and start walking because we're not there yet. And that's good advice. So if we have a sin that is in our life that we need to get over, it's time to get up and keep walking because we're not there yet.